like a prominent politician. So I kind of don't get it. Well, is it, was she like an actor or a comedian? Maybe she was like one of those comedians who were like a little politically act and then just moved into politics. Well, when you look her up on IMDb, this is her only credit, and it just talks about her as a politician. And she is, like, almost exactly my age. That's the only other interesting thing about her to me. Well, that's great that she was given birth back in 2004, Carl. Way to go. You, yeah. Woo. Oh, that's mom, like, right? Give me hugs. Yeah, or something like that. Huggy booze. Uh, way to kill the moment. Carl, you going to talk about the quality of that guy, other guys? Well, those guys are there for, obviously, they had an accident. Their butts have yeah. cracks right down the middle. Right down the middle. Oh, finally, scene two with the dead. That was it, our second scene. I've seen more scenes. Oh, third scene. No, no, he'll be out throughout the film. This is no cameo. In what? Oh, he'll be in the rest of the movie? Yeah. He'll be in scene 17, scene 19, scene 19A, as regulated in the movie Canadian Film Guild. He's going to get it on? I'm missing this movie. Oh, it's well, done with my Dan Aykroyd. Did you like it? Very nice, Michael. Thank you. I was impersonating Dan Aykroyd in the movie from 2004. White but I'm serious about Dan Aykroyd. In terms of his acting, he is one note. He's always Dan Aykroyd. Always. Yeah, but there's a certain madness to his method, right? There's a certain, like, ha-ha, the absurdity of life while listening to bureaucratic Catalan while just opposed against supernatural forces. I mean, is there a joke to it? I mean... Some people have a stick that lasts because it, it resonates through your soul. Like there must be something that that clings when you see Dan Aykroyd perform. I mean, I've seen him in hundreds of movies. Aykroyd, he sounds exactly the same. Right, but I'm saying like there must be a reason for that. Like, what is the yeah, point laziness, of, of that style? Laziness. Come on, let's act. Be a different but, person. But I'm saying like, comedy wise, there's always like a, a spark that you always like. You watch Mike Myers because he has this something silly about life in him. Great example. Great example. Mike Myers will be right. Austin Powers, but he will be Doctor Evil in the very same movie. 100% different guy. You will see him in all of his uh, Saturday Night Live sketches. He's in the bathtub going, bum watcher. He's a completely different guy. He's um, uh, party time. Excellent. Right, yeah. He's got range. Range. But, yeah, but, there's, there's, but there's always like a spark. Like you keep coming back because you enjoy the view he has. Like the, there's something comedic that, you know, you see in Adam Sandler, you see in him. What about Dan Aykroyd? There must be a reason why I keep watching his movies. No, it's the same, like, laundry list. So anyway, 
way, but, this uh, is funny because they just met in the waiting room and now they're all kissy kissy. And then we find out like she's got chlamydia and herpes and everything. And so he has to be like, put on the brakes. Oh, the doctor's about to announce it in front of him. I'm here to give you your chlamydia shot. Oh, look at how he wipes his mouth off. <laughs> Oh, there's the Jaws music in the background. So that's it. This movie is a series of comedic bits. Oh, I yeah. can't watch this scene. Uh, I invite you, audience, to watch it, but there will be poop all over Peter. Cross me bag joke? Yes, and I'm not looking right. at the camera. You let me know when it's over. All right, I'll let you know. There's no need for me to uh, do an intro to let you know when it's over. I will I'll tell you when it's over. Oh my God, it's still not over, girl. Now this was all filmed in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and they're in a real hospital. This hospital was getting sold, and so it was emptied, and the government said you can have it for this cheap, cheap amount. Now the government gave four and a half. Seems over. Four and a half million dollars for this film. And the thing is, it was funded 100% by the government. Now, one of the things Dave Thomas was saying in his interviews, both the one I read and saw, is that, like, in Canada, the government will give you 75% of the budget, but you got to come up with that other 25, and that okay. always fills you, you know, trying to find it. So did he ask for like Edna to sponsor this movie or is there product placement? Do they drink like Canadian Coke or something? Canadian club? No, like I just told you, this is one of the rare occasions in which they were able to have it a hundred percent funded. So it was a walk 100%. in the park. Now there was a producer, his name is Josh Miller. He went to Dave Thomas and said, look, I got a way I can get a movie a hundred percent funded, but you got to come up with the movie. So, Dave Thomas had in his mind this a long time ago, but it was going to be a TV show. And then Scrubs came out, and he was like, ah, God damn it. So right. this guy came to him and said, hey, movie. And that's why he threw this together. They are on a date. In She said, I'll go on a date with you, but only if we're working, which I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But this is the date. And he's got wine, and she's softening up and really liking him. And when you yeah. mentioned Scrubs, this movie, I could see it in a different light. Like it, mm -hmm. it makes it a little bit more watchable, I guess, if I kind of view it like that. Okay. So like Dave Thomas wanted to do a t a sitcom, like yeah, yeah. And and this movie was what ended up happening when he when when Scrubs came out, he was just like, I'm not even gonna bother. So. This was uh, released as White... Okay, this was going to be White Coats. That was the title that um, Dave Thomas wanted. And when it was released on DVD in the United States, they went with the name White Coats. Okay. But in Canada, the marketing people were like, White Coats isn't funny. It doesn't let you know it's a comedy. Let's make it called Intern Academy intern academy and they did it because of the police academy movies they right. thought it would subliminally make you think it was a comedy well i i actually went to intern academy and then when i was done i had learned the tools to become an intern 
Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm really in the hole. I didn't really think this through. Because I have to, I have loans from Intern Academy, and then my internship doesn't cover it. So now um, we're getting another comedic bit in which she's like, I need a blood urine and stool sample. And he's like, what? What? And then the wife goes, he needs your underwear. That's a good joke. Now, now we have a sex bit and which she's like not there for OGBYN stuff, but he's and she's like, Don't leave. She gets all horny. Uh is this the same room they shot it in? I Every scene? I don't know. They had a whole oh, hospital. Man. Okay, now here's the maid and she's unplugging life support so she can plug in her vacuum. Uh it's just another comedic bit. I'm... What our title is? Let us watch a full-length movie. Sometimes movies you can't watch by yourself, even though you had watched this. Now they think they're finding the ghost, and then they find because the she keeps unplugging it. Right. So we find out that it's been her. She's killed three or four people. By unplugging their life support while she vacuums. He's the night nurse. Remember, like, the killer who, like, kills people in their night? In the night? Sister of Mercy? Nurse of Mercy. Well, is she going to go to jail? Are we going to watch that? Well, like, they're going to take her to Dan Aykroyd to, like... She doesn't speak English. She speaks Russian. Uh, is he going to speak Russian back to her? Well, that'll be the joke. Uh, but I already I saw that coming. So it's the middle of the night. You see, Dan Aykroyd never leaves the hospital. He lives there. No problem. This sounds like Spanish to me. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Russian. But wait till you hear him talk. It's clearly Russian. You understood her? Of course I understood her. I don't hire people I don't understand. I go to the Ukraine a couple of times a year, bring back a dozen of them, help them get their landed immigrant status. Go back, get a dozen more. Call it a, an internship for cleaning ladies. She knows what she did wrong. Oh my god. Okay, go on. That's not so much fun. You understood that, didn't you? Huh? Of Dan Aykroyd, scene three. Do an account. <laughs> now, this it's guy, good. here's Matt Frewer, and turn it up because he's like, it's funny. All right. I was just going to say, this might be the most recent film I've seen Dan Aykroyd in, 2004. Uh huh. Now we saw. Now I I meant for you to turn it up at this earlier. Never mind. Um, Dan Aykroyd we saw in Diamond with Kurt. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. So that and was five years prior. He did Gross Point Blank that year. Um, right. And Big he scene. was a member of the Order of Canada in nineteen ninety nine, which is the second highest honor for of like it's kind of like being knighted or something. So he's Sir Dan Aykroyd in Canada? 
No, they don't go by sir, but it's like that same sort of prestigious government award. OBE, eh? OBF. Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy there's no music to it, but this, I'm telling you, the, the direction, and maybe it's just because they had to get it in and get it out, it's just back and forth, right? Yeah. Like a little visual yeah. ping pong. It's just a lot of not funny stuff, and like, like, um, Mitzi will say to, um, okay, let's see here, I got her. Um, her name's uh, Christine Lee in the movie, Jane McLean. She's the Asian one there. She'll go, Mitzi will go, do I look Amish with this hairstyle? It's like a lot of unfunny jokes. Do you feel that when people crank out movies and they appear on like Film Rise or what have you, that there's a certain genre they need to hit? So if it's action, they have certain action points, and this is like the best we could do for comedy? You're gonna crank out a comedy. It's not gonna really elevate more than this. I mean, they they shoot the scenes, they get in, they get out. Yeah, but Dave Thomas does not consider. I'm gonna just crank out some movie. He it was all the hundred percent behind this. This was his baby. He thinks this is a work of art. It has a lot of heavy hitters. I mean, I love Dave Thomas. You know. I don't know. I I can't I can't defend it. It's not funny. It, nothing really happens. There's no days oh. and confused. They were gonna get their ass whipped at the end of the film. I got that. <laughs> so um, there's something funny which you'll consider racist because it is. Uh, he has Peter do the surgery, and then um, Christine Lee is like, "I'll do it," and he goes, "Hold on, Miss MSG." Got it. You you heard it at the perfect time. She called him Doogie Hauser. Well, that's not fair. Doogie was a lot younger than he was. Oh, I get it. <laughs> that is true. That's you as like a. I could see you like. I could see myself knowing me as a comedy host, me as a doctor. Like right, all right, your next doctor coming on to perform. <laughs> You know, he's a good writer. Give it up for... What does he mean by good writer? Now I can't concentrate. Now he is... Um, we're going to see a disgusting throw-up in the cadaver scene now. All right. And I won't be watching. We've already seen a man covered in shit, a baby being born, and we're not even an hour into this film. Right. Well, now he's going to Ralph into Ralph's chest. I don't think I've ever seen that before in my life. I'm not watching. Well, there's a continuity error, obviously, around his face. Oh, you stopped watching.
Now, there were working titles for this film. It was called An Intern's Diary, and that was because we had the voiceover. You know right. White Coats. That's the one they ended up with. And um, in Italian, when this film was released, it was La Papital Più Sexy del Mundo, which is the sexiest hospital in the world, which I don't think is appropriate. I don't know. That cadaver looks pretty hot. Look at that nose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. Is he doing nose jokes? You nose organs. Yes. Well, he's not doing a nose joke, but but now they... Those those organ jokes are awful. The the setup was this cadaver's unidentified, so we can do whatever the fuck we want with them. And then they're like, they've identified the cadaver's family. And they're there, right there. The kids. And the body's covered in puke, Carl? Yes, with no nose, nose cut off. Do you think he has like a Joel McHale kind of like acting style? I don't know who that is. Uh, he was in stuff. Oh yeah, uh, he's I in mean, an animal. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Now Dave Thomas will just rib Peter, you know. I don't know what's worse, puking in a cadaver or telling the wrong family that you... He said, um, you should go to, um, you should be a doctor at a, like, a Christian science center. Or a oh, that's clever. I haven't heard that one before, says every Christian science center. The worst so part about like... hurting... Oh, go ahead, Carl. Well, it doesn't matter. It never pays off. There's no plot throughout this whole film. All right. Well, I was going to make a Christian scientist joke, but I, I think I uh, I won't. So Finally, strip club. Saying, like you should go out and take your mind off of it. So they all go to this Edmonton strip club, and uh, that's what we'll see. Where they they're fully dressed. You didn't want that. I, they don't use the same ratings we do here in the States. He said, I'll get an R rating in the States, but I don't want an X rating. But the point of this scene is we'll find out that Nitsy is a stripper at night because she's oh. everything sexy, sexy in this whole film. Well, isn't that the old canard that you have to strip your way to, to medical school? She, she will say that. She'll say that to Peter. She'll now get into a serious relationship with Peter. Peter, and that'll be the thing. She's doing this to get through med school. So now they're just bumping into Mitzi, not realize, you know, finding out she's a stripper and she's really good. And there's six people on stage, and now she's going to be like, wait a minute, these one third of my audience are my coworkers? Right. I didn't notice and, it till now. And so she'll be embarrassed, just like she was with the sperm in the mouth. She'll run away. Peter! Peter, hi, Missy. What? what? Co-workers! Clip, 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 clip. Oh, heels make you run so silly. Yeah, let's rewind that. So now, once again, we'll have not funny stuff in which Peter tries to prove that, like, like, trying to make, 
I don't know, take away the embarrassment, he'll start stripping. Oh, that's terrible. Is she in the poster? They walked into a strip club and didn't see Naughty Nurse. There's Naughty Nurse, yeah. Oh, man. This is the most awkward bachelorette party I've been to. This is, um, look, he'll start taking off his clothes to try to make, I don't know, it's dumb. And then they've already already did it, right? Like, is he trying to flirt with her? No, she had, she gave a blowjob to Peter. Uh, Wait, am I backwards here? Hold on a second. Pat Kelly is who we're watching. Dave, yeah, right. This is Pat Kelly, who's Dave Dodd. No, no, Pat Kelly's the womanizer one, and this is Peter Olring, who's the nerd one with Dr. Parents. And so she gave a BJ to Pat Kelly, and now she'll sleep with, she'll become the boyfriend of Peter Olring. And the joke will be he's got a huge... Uh, dick. Got a huge dick. That's all right. That's what's coming. I bet. That's what she said. <laughs> now, you Chris... almost, uh... go ahead, Carl. Please. Well, now Chris, he will inspire Christine Lee to hit the girl. She'll she'll incorrectly put it in her butt. The stripper will freak out, and then. Uh, Marlin will give her a bunch of money, and she goes, if you keep these Benjamins coming, you can put your whole fist in there. And they'll go, ew, I'm out of here. And they'll all be... All right, well, this movie got interesting. Is it? This might be the American X-ray version. Hey! Also, it's American money, right, Carl? Yes. So is this America? No, it has no value in Canada. Actually, I guess this is America. I don't know. I never even thought about it. There you go. Fist in my ass. We're out of here. Right. Exactly. Way to walk a room. So now we'll see his huge dick. And that'll be another hilarious comedic. You see the candle that looks like a dick? She's all about sex, this girl. Well, that looks like one of those uh, water carriers, whatever you drink from. What's what? the drink? What's in it? It's Pink lemonade uh, and lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So Knock when his dick gets exposed, uh, Peter will be like, "You think I'm a freak?" Like the joke is, he thinks like having a big one means you're weird and people won't like you and. She okay. Likes... Yeah, and she has a stripper pole for practice in her room. Yeah, and she's telling a story about how when somebody moved out, they just left it. I don't know. Is it funny? Explains why it's there. Oh boy, I cannot wait till next episode because we'll be watching a different film. This movie really wore you down, huh? <laughs> is this it? Is this the one that broke your back? Well, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is not good at all. And then the second time I saw it, I was like, this is not good at all. But but by the time I'm getting to you seeing it, I'm like, oh, this is such yeah. a like, We watched a few films on Film Rise. They have a couple of gems yeah, in there, but that's right. For the most for the most part, like they just 
grab whatever they can and and a lot of times it's just things that was released or wasn't released or was released somehow on somewhere but it wasn't like and then it shows up in film rise now don't get me wrong there are some very funny things in this film but but they're in between the not funny things so right and 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 you do that to me and then you don't give me a plot at all what's the adventures of So now right, she's discovering the dick, and this is what he's been scared of. Don't make fun. Same sound I make. Oh, there you go. Full frontal. You think I'm a freak? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Freak. Now, this scene is one of the few times they're not in the hospital. And yeah, that's true. When I first saw it, I started thinking to myself, he has a very nice apartment filled with very nice things. How is it? Okay. Now we have the Christmas party, and two things will happen. Um, Cindy Lee here will be encouraged to drink, and she will drink way too much, and she'll get crazy. The only other thing is Marlon will sleep with the head nurse, and she's a great actress in the scene, pretending. I'll ask you to turn up the sound at that point, because she really should win an Oscar for her, her... you just believe her. It's just a good. It's a good acting. In my right, she goes, drink one. A different you person. The other one. Going to be the actress I was talking about. The head nurse. What's in there? Oh my god. I want to say this movie is long, but didn't this film start during the Halloween? <laughs> what? I mean, it's already Canadian Christmas. Um, okay, so this film is like the last uh, semester of a doctor's life, and it Dave Thomas actually talked about that. That means it goes over the Christmas break, or the last year, so there's two semesters. So they got to do the Christmas party, and he was really happy about that because he was like, there's a lot I could do with that, and I did. So this is the middle of the movie then because it's yeah. in between semesters. Yeah, well, they don't they're not so good like that to be that. This there's there's about 40 minutes left in this film. Christmas with the Cranks was that that a Dan Aykroyd was that, maybe that was after this. Maybe that's the most recent Dan Aykroyd film I've seen. Let's see. Now my Dan Aykroyd stuff is limited in my research because you He's know I'm so wet right. So I just have like that he was a member of the Order of Canada, that he was in Diamonds, which we saw um I don't know. In ninety nine yeah. he was in Gross Point Blank. I have that written down. Why? Why? I don't know. It was a good role. He was funny in that. That's that's when his listing listing banalities of bureaucracy while they murder people is funny because it's a ironic contrast. 
<laughs> yeah. He wanted him to be in a union. Right, yeah, all for health care. And then he would always sing popcorn. Memorable. Oh, so now they're introducing the band. And he goes, Dr. So-and-so, uh, Dr. Blah, 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 on bass. And he goes, and for a limited time from intensive care, you know, and he says this patient's, you know, the drummer. He's doing Stephen Strange. This is what happened right before the accident. In this right? Place. He went to a pompous party and he drank uh, drank up and he talked about his hand surgery. Mm-hmm. And then he got in an accident where his hands got damaged. And then shaky, he went. Yeah, they were super shaky. But Dave Foley won't have that. Uh, he'll just, it's just more of him being a pompous ass. That's all. He, he does that throughout this whole film. And the comeuppance is. He won't get any comeuppance. You see, this intern, like, hates him for his conceit. And then they're going... Now, she was in Senior Trip, too. She played a woman, a girl named Candy in Senior Trip. And I don't notice her from it. Her career was really... I don't know. She was in Stargate SG-1 in 97. She was in a bunch of stuff, but it's not impressive. Uh... In 2010, she was Lori Unger in the HBO Canada series Living in Your Car. Um, wow. I thought that wasn't a documentary. Psychotherapist Dr. Laura Keating in Sci Fi's film, you know, in 2006. Uh, he has lots of credits and none of them distinguish her. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, they got the last laugh on her, too. Look, he's, now those uh, are those the guys, guys we saw earlier, so they're still right. going their butt off. Now we're getting like she's super drunk, and she's going to get more super drunk, and then she'll start stripping. Did she just order a martini, and the guy's like, no problem. Right, and she goes, two more, please, and he goes, no problem. No problem, here you go. Just happen to have two martini glasses filled to the eye there. <laughs> You sure you want a martini or the punch? The punch okay, is right on the camera. Turn counter. it up. This is very good. She's a very good actress. Her name's Linda Boyd, and she's been in a bunch of stuff. Leave up the sound. Leave up the sound. What a good actress. Leave it up. That's it. That's it. It was a tittle. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, there's um, more. They were both in I Spy together. Now, would I Spy the movie version that came out in the 2000s, or a TV version that came out recent, more recently, or... This was the Eddie Murphy star vehicle in 2002. It was a movie. And yes. uh, it was like his big break. That was the film that, that was his like highest, most successful film. Nowadays, he's in Hallmark movies. But um, well, that's a step up from this film. Oh, she is tripping. <laughs> I guess it is. Let's see here. 
Now, I want to hear the Ian Thomas trick about a girl. She was in Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. I bet you love that. Um, sure. If I can remember it. She was in, for six seasons. She was on a CBS uh, TV show called Republic of Doyle. Right. I remember those six seasons. Canadian broadcasting system? I think it was a re just regular TV. She was on Thin Ice with Diane Keaton. She's the man in 2006. Wow. Final Destination, An Unfinished Life, About a Girl. I must have seen her in all these films. Yeah, but the thing is, she's like one of those people who plays, like she played Jennifer Lopez's boss, Owen Wilson's confidant, right. you know, Leslie Nielsen's wife. She's like always the the one you don't notice. I mean, you like her in the film, but you don't walk away thinking about her, you know. Well, I'll remember the scene. Now, Viv, who's the African-American guy there, uh, yeah, he was, in 2002, he was in I Spy. He was in Are We There Yet? And the, you know, he was in Hot Tub Time Machine, but the little Great. part. Uh, the Thaw with Val Kilmer. He, he was on Netflix Lost in Space as just one of the colonists. Um, but nowadays he's in Hallmark films. Yeah, a step up. I mean, uh... So now, like, they're all hung over, and so the nurse is giving them, high, you know, IVs to hydrate them. This is ridiculous. This movie never ends, Carl. It's like I a know. runaway it train. Doesn't, it doesn't, and it's not going to get better. But our third act will be full of medical drama and emergencies, and that will kind of give us the vibe like, it's a good film for a quick second. How do you handle movies like this, Carl? I mean... Okay, I just I mean, got my ad I was telling you about. Did you get one? Okay. No, not yet. What should I do? Go ahead, girl. Nothing. Okay, my ad's over already. It was one of those seven-second ones. I think the audience is somehow going to get off with us, and I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. Guys. Watch it on YouTube. Watch it on YouTube. I'm at 106.02.3. Or, uh, one of I'm at one o five. Darn it! Tell me again your time. One o six, thirteen. Okay. Tell me when you're at twenty three. Sounds good. Twenty, twenty one, two, twenty three. Okay, I am back in sync with you. Great. Yeah, they're all leaving the table and they left. Well, because RG. Marlon was being a real sexist pig, like. You were dancing naked and I missed it? Let me see your titties. And she's like, fuck you, Marlon. And they leave. And, and then Sexy Girl is like, oh, the girls are leaving. I guess that means I have to leave with them. And so she but gets she up and leaves. Yeah. She's like, okay, I'll show. Oh, no, they're leaving. I won't. This movie is great, Carl. What a great pick. I yeah, think. what a great movie. Now we're getting a segment in which everyone's sleepy, tired from being overworked, and that will be our segment. And it doesn't no. lead anywhere. It doesn't do anything. They got folders. Oh, what a nice kiss. Here you go. Time to make the donuts. All so, right over. Look at that hand. 
That's the joke. Oh, what more? Uh. <laughs> same so we just room. keep getting it over and over and over and over. It's the same room, Carl. They only yeah. shot in one room. Now she goes, I need someone to look at my breasts. Sometimes okay. it's funny. Most of the time it is not funny. You're jealous of the headroom guy at this point. <laughs> at least he's delirious. We comedic bit. comedic bit. Here comes another comedic bit. Well, I, you know, I don't know if you know I went to pre I was pre med intern. Oh, were you? Yeah, I I learned how to be a pre med intern. It's really interesting. Uh-huh. They get paid. Oh. Toast face. Lots of funny I'm sleepy thing. Okay, oh, now he is... goes, there's a guy with an erection. And so they're, you know, like one of those Viagra too long erections. So they're like, I'll take the erection. That's damn attention. It was the same sleepy people. Right? We've seen the same people sleeping in different locations. Yeah. Oh, this film. Yeah, I know. So now we find out that, okay, this nurse, her big plan, her name's Carly, by the way, and she's in Hallmark movies nowadays, but she had a bit of a career. Carly Pope is her name. And she was in The Collector. She was in Suits. She was in Arrow. And nowadays she's in Hallmark. But she set us up before, like, she was going to be a nurse in Kenya. Then she was going to move on to be a nurse in, uh, she mentioned someplace in Europe. Uh, she was going to travel the world as a nurse. And she got her papers or whatever to go to Africa. But now she's like, but I kind of love you. So we're going to get a whole not Good. moving romance thing here. Oh, are you a fan of those 70s movies about night nurses? You know, like the know. nurses. I don't know. It was Samuel Z. Arkoff. It was like these... Roger Corman made a series of New Line Cinema films where it was like the naughty nurses. There was also stewardess <laughs> movies. But it was a kind of a formulaic film where... I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I guess I was not a fan of those. I don't think I've ever seen even one. I don't think I've seen any of them. Yeah. By day they're stewardess. By night, nurses. They have sex. Um right. Dave Thomas, one of the serious bugaboos, pet peeves of Dave Thomas is like other countries make a movie and then they send it to the United States. But what Canada does is it sends all its talent to the United States and the movies are made in the US. You know, he was like we need to make movies here in Canada and then release them in the U.S. if we're going to have a serious film industry. I don't think the government made Jim Carrey move to the United States. No, L.A. did. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's opportunity in the States. So that's what Dave Thomas is saying. What we need to do is have a strong um, industry and let our movies be shown in the States. Now, um, he's complaining. He, I already told you the thing, like the government will give you 75%. You got to come up with the other 25%. That's right. really wrong. 
He also says that the government funds the making of the film, the distribution of the film, but they don't fund the marketing. So he got called to court to speak in front of the Canadian government. Why was this film a flop? And he had to say, because you guys don't market it. You've spent $250,000 on marketing. That's nothing. He says, you might as well put those into savings bonds and give them to your kids. You'll make more money that way. Really, the he... government held a trial. Why was your movie not popular? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I, uh, piece of shit. I don't know. <laughs> Rude. Uh, uh, exterior okay. shot, hanging chairs feet on the chairs usual hospital stuff i'm so sick of this hospital and their apple products yeah that's an old well, school computer oh yeah it's apple the actual hardware is in that dome you just press a button on the dome and it lights up your your monitor cool This hospital they were going to demolish, huh? Uh, no, there, it was being sold. So it was oh, empty yeah. until it was after the sale. And so they got an opportunity. Great. That explains uh, Dave Thomas's other movie, Chaos at the Sausage Factory, uh, The Lunatics of the Abandoned Library, Inanimate. <laughs> Uh, Ontario Fire Station hijinks before demolition. I wanted to find for you when he was in front of the uh, Canadian government defending himself, but I can't seem to find in my notes. That seems like such a low blow to be uh, an artist, write and direct and star in a movie, and then you get money from the government and then have to go and explain to the government why it's a piece of work. A piece of art. Yeah, wasn't successful. Oh, look at all the organs. How awful. awful. Yeah, we're going to have an awful scene now. We're going to have Peter find out um, that um, uh, uh, that Mike got a blowjob. Not Mike. Whatever. Peter, he got a blowjob from from sexy girl and then he's going to freak out about it and they're going to start throwing organs oh. at each other and that will kind of get him kicked out of school and that will lead us into our third act where they save the day and don't get kicked out uh if they're going to be organ grinders at least they can have the little monkey <laughs> in 2005 Writer-director Dave Thomas testifying to the Canadian politicians at the House of Commons in Ottawa blamed the failure on the movie because TVA Films' mishandling of the marketing campaign. They spent $250,000 on television advertising. It's about 20 spots. It is nothing for a broad-based commercial movie. You might as well save the money. You might as well put it in bonds and give it to your children. The Research House Decima surveyed Canadians, and 90% had not even heard of the film. So he's got a point. He's got a point. You do three, you do two legs of this three-legged table. You don't market the film, and then you want to blame 
Okay, now I'm gonna stop watching because they're doing. I'll let you know when this is over. This Thank is my you. First... Hey, what am I? Chop liver? <laughs> what am I? Whole liver? They're throwing hearts at uh, each other. I've heard of kidney stones passing, but this is ridiculous. Do I kidney passing? No. It's ridiculous. There's lots of Jane Doe cadavers over the years, and they. He's got a dead body as a human shield. Oh, and uh, they're basically throwing away years of research here because you can't use these organs anymore. Oh, here comes, here comes Dave Thomas. Ready? Yep. And he's like, what the fuck? Uh-oh. Oh, this guy. Yep. Now, this guy is Sam... Rubinick, and he plays the father. Um, you know, we saw the mother, and now the mother's a gynecologist. Now, I was introduced this to this guy by um, Frazier. He was like a character on Frazier for a time, but he was also I loved him in Unforgiven. He would write the comic books. Wait, Unforgiven the 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 Clint Eastwood westerns. Yes, he was sold as a novel. Like, I'm a writer. And they would always say, what, letters and such? And you go, no, books. And then you would see the book as a comic book. Oh, gotcha. It's been a while. So he was in Against All Odds. He was in Wall Street. He was in Bonfire of the Vanities. He was in Nixon and True Romance. He's been out there. He is sure, totally Canadian. Now, this is interesting. He was born in a refugee camp in Germany where his father ran a Yiddish repertoire theater company so he comes from a strong like jewish theater tradition and he was raised in ontario and he um and he kept up that tradition canadian broadcasting corporation actor when he was young So basically, they find out they're going to get expelled for fucking around with the organs. And so the father is there to, like, do a payoff and save his son. So the son is like, fuck that, I quit. But right. then there's, like, an emergency bus crash and everyone's in the ER. So he forgets that he quits and just goes down to help because he's helping people. And that will save the day and we're heading into our third act. But don't Get under the illusion that we're out of here yet. This is just our no, setup. No, I'm a lot I have of no delusion. Set. Trust me. Even though you're telling me the third act is coming, that means we're still in the second act. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So he's playing hardball with them. Like, you guys, if you guys take the blame and let my kid go, I'll make sure that you still have careers in medicine because I'm a powerful motherfucker. Look at my eyes. Uh, to which, yeah, in the end, Marlin will be like, look in my eyes. He goes, okay, we won't be doctors, but we'll always be men. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I wish there was a sequel, White Coats 2. Why? The day after. <laughs> Why stop? We did, Why... we did it. We did it. He didn't have any. What are you talking about? It was my fault. I started it. 
beak of like all uh, organs. Look at my eyes. Yeah, don't they reek of blood? And hey, how come they we don't see the splatters on them and stuff? They must have changed the scrubs. Don't yeah, mention the word scrubs in front of director Dave Thomas, though. A little sensitive. It was my idea first. Scrubs? Now, what I don't get is they go out into the hall and they agree to do the deal. Then they come in and do the deal. And then when they're on the on their way out, they're like, we're not doing the deal. It doesn't make any sense how it flipped. There's no story otherwise at this point. There is no story. What we're doing here is making a brand new story so we can have a third act. That's what we're doing. Right. That's what they're doing. What's supposed to happen in a film is there's a hero, and this hero wants a goal. And then by the end of the film, he's decided he doesn't want that goal and he want more. He wants something bigger and better, like love or um, your integrity, something like that. But that doesn't happen in this film. We don't get set up with the goal, and then in the end, we just get comedic bits, and then we get a setup for sec three. He goes, I'm still cashing this check. He goes, you idiot, I'll just cancel the check. He goes, is there no integrity? Oh, back hanging out at the commissary. Yeah, and he goes, I've quit. Now, I forget what it is. I think it's a bus crash. Why don't you turn it up and we'll hear what is it's, the... Wait a minute. He's going to quit in the commissary and then they're going to be like, hey, guys, there's a bus crash? Right, right. Who cares about your dad? <laughs> huh. Why not both? And he's quitting. Now, look, she is weird. She's like, what's the big deal, guys? She's like completely inappropriate and has no payoff. Did she just say, let's get laid? I'm not following it. Yep, yep. It's bad writing. She's like out of left field saying, what's the big deal, guys? Well, and then this scene will end with Radar getting on the phone, paging Mike Hunt. <laughs> Bus crash. What about okay, Dr. Mike Hawk? Do you like him? Well, I 76 it. car pile up, according to the. Oh, uh, okay. Candidate. That's what it was. So it was a bus and 75 other vehicles. I guess so. 75 car pile up. They're all coming in. That's a lot of fucking people. Jesus Christ, 76 car pile of? How is that possible? I see one car hitting another car, and then maybe a and third another. car hitting it's that like an car. Accordion. Well, like in Grand Theft Auto, where you throw like a grenade in the freeway? So now we're not going to get a series of comedic bits. We're going to get a series of serious bits in which they're saving this one, they're saving that one. And the tone of our film is completely, well, not, it's always been all over the place, but they will continue the tradition of having the tone of the film all over the place. Because now they're, um, that show ER instead of Scrubs. But 
doesn't this film deserve to have the ER moment? Like any kind of comedy, they need this gravitas to kind of No, show. it does not deserve. No. You have a film, the film has a tone, and you lay out your... Otherwise, you confuse your audience and you make them feel emotionally weird. Huh. No, but I mean, imagine if you were watching The Notebook and then there was a, like a... Uh, surf two kind of gross out scene. It, they don't go. You need right, one yeah. tone to your film in order for the audience to be satisfied. Turn it up. You'll hear no jokes. Go ahead. Turn it up. That is hilarious. He gets like that's cool. Like they get to do the doctor bit. Oh, remember that scene where he threw up on and dropped the clamp in there? Not yes. Happening. No mask. No masks. No mask. They don't have time, girl. They have gloves. I think I've told oh, you everything I can about this film. This is interesting. There's a woman, I don't know who it is. Her name's Ray Rochelle Lowen, but her right. credit in the script is Buxom Nurse. That's her character. Oh, well, God you bless. Have... <laughs> uh, Mike Barnard, Peter Oldring. He was in Deep Impact. He was in Infinite. He was in... He played Farrah Fawcett's gay assistant in the television film Hollywood Live. Why? Why? I'm. 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 I think I'm done telling you about this. Okay. Oh, Carl. Let's let's talk about movies we like that take place in hospitals. Okay. Uh, can I recommend a movie? Yes. It's called Britannica Ho Hospital. I saw it with my father. It was an early '80s film about uh, a hospital as a parody of British hospitals. Okay. It had Malcolm McLaren, uh, Dowell. It had uh, uh, Mark Hamill. Uh, was in it and it was like a day of the life and this doctor was creating like a genesis uh project and these people wanted to tear it down and it was really funny like that movie i like this is no britannica hospital i can't find a pen to write it down so i'm gonna put it in my cell phone should i see okay. it you're yeah. suggesting yes britannica it, uh, it's a really and it's all over the place, but it never stops being funny, and it never stops being a, a satire and a really sharp parody. Like, because they have all these different classes, you know, it's a British class comedy uh, parody. It's just really funny. There's a strike in the hospital. The rich people get better treatment. You know, there's a now DJ. We find, now we find out that Dan Aykroyd is not, he's a PhD, not a doctor. They're like, good thing you're here, doctor. You got to help. And he goes, I'm a doctor like Dr. Phil is a doctor. I'm not a crook. Now, Carry On films, there was Carry On Nurse. I never saw it, but apparently that's another hospital film. Yeah, sure. Uh, Young Doctors in Love, Gary Marshall parody of uh, soap operas from the early 80s. One right. of the first ABC motion picture movies. Now, here we have a moment of comedy. 
He goes like, she's like, am I going to die? And he goes, well, actually, there is a 7% chance in this procedure you will die. And then, the, you know, Mitzi is like, you're not going to die. That is, ew. Yeah, and they don't give you any warning. Oh, what a mistake, Carl. What a big boner that was. <laughs> what the? Wow, you've got a huge boner, but not in a good way. These are the bad news. Good news, Doc. <laughs> well, I said the back. You've got a boner. That bone marrow is delicious, though. Mm. Roasted. Mm. Can't watch this scene. All the other stuff I can watch. Shit well, on the guy, no problem. Serious medical stuff now. That's, you know, you do this, go get that. You help her, you... And then they're going to make it worse that there is a car crash right outside of the ER. And Dave oh. Thomas is laying on the ground. Oh, no. Now they've so got to help. Yeah. Are you sure it's just not his acting? <laughs> Lifeless. Oh. All right, look, they're shaking hands. Well, no, they're saying, we've got to get past this. You gave Mitzi, Mitzi gave you a blowjob thing, so you have to pray with me. And he's like, dear God. Don't let Mitzi give any more blowjobs. Always on Mitzi's expense. Speaking of polls, oh, they get. Maybe the crash wow, this is cool. right now. This is like having your own hospital to shoot in. This is where it comes cool. They can go through the front doors, the emergency doors. Yeah, right. The ambulance behind it. Now, watch. Here it comes. Here it comes. Because Dave Thomas just walked outside, so it's probably going to happen right now. Oh, wait. Ooh, turn, this up, turn this up. This is really funny. That was funny. Well, yeah. We, you turned it up just a little late because she says some, like, badass stuff, you know? Oh, I got and, you. Yeah, and he, like, falls for her. Will I ever see you again? Wait, what happened to this guy? He got a skiing? He's got a ski pole in his chest. And because he was on the car and it went into, oh, there's the crash. And he ends up being a billionaire who's going to fund the hospital. Oh, no. Is this in the Wendy's? <laughs> That's, that burned him. When you insult someone, it's called a burn, right? Like, you, yes. you, oh, you got burned. Burn. So when they ha show a random burn victim at the beginning of the film, my joke was that someone must have really insulted them. Oh, that's what your joke was. Because they were a burn victim. What a burn. <laughs> but I regret it. I'm bringing it up now because that person actually got burned, Carl. No, I'm making no, light that of that. No, that was a script. It was an actor. Oh, it was, it was in the movie. script. He's like, here's a random burn victim. So Peter takes charge now and goes, he's not the only patient in this hospital. Let's go. Well, I'm all out of patients, personally. Oh, yeah, me too. Don't worry, we're ending. Okay, now, 
They've got it under control. They have taken the 76 car pileup victims. And now who comes in but Dave Foley at the last minute thinking that it's just a normal day. So he's going to be a dick. Uh. Who authorized you to operate on this person? Why do I feel like these conversations happened while I was in Right? Like, come on, man. I don't want to see this. Tie him up. So now they're going to uh, pretend Dave, um, Dave Thomas's voice. Who authorized oh. this? He goes, Argent, sir. Who said that? Is that Dave Thomas? Prove it. He goes, she goes, fuck you. He's like, what? Oh, yeah. Come up and. He had to watch him pull this shit the entire movie. And now finally she gets to speak right. her mind. And she goes, scrub up and help us close. And she goes, how dare you? How? And he goes, oh, you want a piece of me? So now they have it out. And you think this is it. But no, they start making out. Oh my god. Cardiac surgeon if you're dead. Ow! Carl, here's my reaction shot. Ooh. Yeah. It's very important in comedy to cut to the people go, ouch, that could have hurt. Oh. <laughs> now, if this film was funny, it would be good, even though it has so many flaws and it's plotless. This was a story arc. They hated each other throughout the entire movie. They built each other, but they're really in love with each other. Yes, Mike, you're right. I'm wrong. This film does have story arcs. See, Carl? What were you thinking watching this four times? So now... Well, my first... <laughs> right, without the sound. So yeah. now they've saved the day and they're getting recognized and they're not fired and... He quit, though. Oh, look, he turned out to be a billionaire, and he made a large donation to this right. hospital. You know the guy with the ski pole in his chest? Good Dan Aykroyd got to say a bunch of words. Go. <laughs> Okay, Carl, you can stop clapping. No, keep clapping. No, they stop clapping. One clap. So now we get a sexy thing with Dave Thomas and the nurse. Like, you know, when I was giving you mouth to mouth, I think you slipped me the tongue. He goes, well, that was an involuntary muscle spasm. He goes, well, if you ever have an involuntary muscle spasm again, I don't mind. It's that's good to know.
Ooh, movie, movie title, movie title. Okay, Intern Academy, let's go. Right, so now it's all coming in a circle. It's the new inter. Those guys are still walking around. That's not the right. Can you believe it? I'm shaking my head. I can't believe it. Hey, yeah, it's over. So now we get outtakes, which films that are good do. Meanwhile, it's like produced by the government. Carl, what'd you think of this movie? Um, I I I didn't like it. Um. I didn't like it. I was glad to see it, and I'm a Dave Thomas fan. I'm a Dan Aykroyd fan, but I just, it didn't. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, this is the complete, completest. I could check off that I saw another Dan Aykroyd movie that I didn't see before, and yeah. I have a film directed by one of my heroes. And they're all, you know, yeah, we've seen the shit. That's the outtake they put in there. Yeah. At the end of the movie, the character literally eats shit. No, <laughs> we eat shit. <laughs> yeah, I, but otherwise, I think this is a terrible movie. I mean, the guy vomited into a uh, uh, now, corpse. I just got to say that you didn't watch it with without me, you know, without with the sound, just watching it as a film. So you I don't, don't really know how unfunny this thing really was. Like, I would tell you to turn up the thing, and this is a good bit, but most all of this film was not believable of what things people would do in the real world and not funny bits. Now, Dave Thomas is hilarious, so I'm not sure how we ended up here, but we did. I mean, he wrote it, he directed it. You would think that the guy who did Strange Brew and the guy who did so many Saturday uh, Second City Television funny, hilarious things would be sure. really funny in this film, but but for some reason that didn't. He tried, you know. Like I I I agree with you. I'm I'm not disagreeing. I'm not playing yeah. devil's advocate. This was unfunny, and I'm actually grateful I didn't actually have to watch it. Uh, <laughs> I kind of the bullet on it, but I I mean under the circumstances, this is what they were able to produce, and I mean it's entertainment. But also, it is like all over the place, and I don't know. Watching a guy puke into a corpse—that's a horror movie, right? I yeah, mean, that's not a comedy. Poop on his body, and yeah. You know, there was a very funny outtake we just missed. Dan Aykroyd was in the hot tub, and they said to him, "Dan, can you um, please like soap up the nipples?" And so he goes to the woman and soaps them up, and they go, "No, no, no, Dan, your nipples." And he goes, "Oh!" <laughs> he started covering them up. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's uh, filmed in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Obviously. Edmonton, Edmonton, and for the company I work for, we have a um a location, a a a, a cellular, you know, it's a, so I knew Edmonton and where it was on the map and everything. Nice. Well, you know, tell them next time you're there, white coat, huh? Right? Am I right? Eh? <laughs> they won't know what I'm talking about. About ninety percent of Canadians have never, and now that it's you know that was two thousand four, nobody knows this film. Not even the, the only people who know about this film now are the great audience of L W A F L M O I T. Thank you so yes. much for if you're watching, still listening, listening at this point. Thank you, people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're 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 one. We'll be back next Sunday, two p.m. on Muni Radio Pacific Standard Time. We'll be back 
on your podcast feed as L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And we're on YouTube. You can see the movie synced with the audio at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Carl, thank you so much for making this happen. I'm excited for next week. We'll be back with a new movie. So subscribe and be ready. We'll see you then. Take care. Watch if you want to, you can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman, oh Mike Spiegelman, 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 Song. I, I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a Distinguished guests, welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi. Welcome, stinky guests. Welcome, 2022. I almost, I was singing the theme song. Did you hear that? The no. name of the title. I said, let's watch a... Let's watch a oh, movie yeah. on YouTube. From your catchy theme song. Mike. We are... Oh, please say my name, no problem. Uh, We are on Mutiny Radio right now, as we are every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Mutiny Radio, it's an internet radio. Uh, There was pirates, and there was a mutiny, and then it's internet radio. So go to mutinyradio.fm, and you'll find us. We'll find many other shows. You can live stream what's broadcasting, and there's a donation button. You could go to Patreon. Or we like to go to Venmo and donate money at Mutiny Radio. There's a reason why we're here every week. If you want to listen to us as a podcast, well, that acronym up front is what you search for, LWF. Oh, Carl, do it for me. <laughs> L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L. 
M O Y T. I like that theme song too. Oh, my favorite was the original too. Let's watch. <laughs> By the way, uh, you can go to my newly revived LuggageTuesdays.com website, and if you scroll down six sites, you'll see uh, six uh, posts. You'll see all of uh, Carl's songs on SoundCloud. Uh, which, yeah, actually, I'm, uh, if you go to SoundCloud at Spiegelmania, I have all of Carl's songs. Is that great, Carl? You did the hard work, and I just posted them on SoundCloud. My name on them. It says Carl on it. I said Carl. People be like, "Oh, right, Carl." Oh, the from New Jersey, right? Right. Yeah. Well, we are. Uh, so that's. I would also recommend going to our YouTube channel at L W A F L M O Y T. Super it. strong. So, as you can tell from the acronym and the title of our catchy sing-songish uh, podcast title. We are going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube in its entirety in real time with you as you watch it and listen to our podcast. Carl, what is the movie we're watching this week? This week we will watch Wild in the Streets, 1968. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Wild in the Streets, 1968. The channel we like is weird, okay? It's, but it's, <laughs> Carl. It's Anselmo Oimira. And. Oh. Selmo Oimira. So if you find a channel that looks resembles that, you're at the right place. Well, we want you to go ahead and do it. You'll find it the moment you type in Wild in the Streets 1968. And once you find it with uh, uh, that channel, which I don't have in front of me, uh, go ahead and click the link, hit pause. And Selmo Oimira. Move the uh, timer bar to the left. And just hit wait for our countdown. Now, it's a lot of work, right? But we're going to give you some time because our celebrity comedian countdown is coming right up with a great comedian that Carl knows from the great state, the Garden State. <laughs> yes, New Jersey. Uh, Chris Cuomo's own. Will you please? No, not Chris Cuomo, the other guy. Remember when we saw the other guy when he he, he uh, said he was not going to run for president? And we're like, right. now he's going to say Trump's an ass. He's like, I'm, I'm behind Trump. And we're like, what? <laughs> we're at diner. All right, well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, here's Carl with our Comedian Celebrity Countdown to get us ready for the movie and meet a comic from New Jersey. Take it away, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Chris Monty. Welcome, Chris. Thank you so much. What a, thank you. Everybody sit down. Thank you for standing ovation. Now, we first met at Scotty's Pub in Comedy Cove, and we're going back a ways. You were just there uh, in December. I love that little club, and I think you do too. I do actually. No, I actually know Gene and L'Oreal, the uh, the owners of the restaurant and club. I know them for many years before the Comedy Cove existed. I met them uh, down in Wildwood, New Jersey, uh -huh. uh, probably 20 years ago. They used to come down on a vacation, and for some reason, they always came down the week I was working this little club called the Casbah Comedy Club down in Wildwood, uh -huh. and Every year they'd stop and have a drink after the show with me and say they, they love seeing me. And then a couple years later, um, Gene reached out to me and said, hey, we're opening a, a comedy club at, at the restaurant and we'd love to have you. And I think I was one of the first uh, comedians that he had hired when he when he just started that club. Absolutely. Who knew he'd become a booker? You didn't know who you were drinking with at the time. You had no idea, you know. One night it could be a booker. One night it could be, you know, your next wife. You never know. <laughs> That's right. Now, we both love that club, and we are working on a 
pilot together called Life's Laugh Lessons about a comedy class. And we did a lot of shooting there at Scotty's. And I think it's because it really feels like a comedy club. Your picture's on the wall there. Yes, that's, well, that only lowers the property value. But, <laughs> yeah. um, yes, um, we, we it does feel like a club. It, it yeah. absolutely feels like a club. Um, and we did do a lot of shooting. And, and hopefully uh, within the next uh, few months, that project is going to be launched off the ground. And, and we'll be talking about that on your show and, and, and other places, many other places, because uh, I think it's going to be a great project. Yeah, me too. And it's all about getting on TV, which you are no stranger to. You've been all over TV. Uh, let's see. Vinyl. Vinyl was on HBO, and I think that was a pretty big deal. Uh, tell me about that. Scorsese's involved. Jagger's involved. Like yeah, Martin Scorsese, uh, Mick Jagger produced it. The show, show is about the rock and roll industry um, on the record company side of the rock and roll industry mm -hmm. uh and took place in 1973 which was where the show took place um bobby cannavale was the star ray romano was on the show yeah um there was there was so many stars it, if you if you just google it you know vinyl uh it lasted one season unfortunately and um which has been the <laughs> the crutch of my career in acting it's like everything i get on it's been canceled <laughs> oh, <laughs> like right after i get on it um but <laughs> it was the a perfect it, guy to do a pilot with right yeah well hopefully this will be our this will be the charm this will yes. be the charm life's last lessons right? right um but yeah so it was it was fantastic working in that environment with uh with i know i never got to meet scorsese or Mick Jagger. they weren't ah. on on location when we were shooting um but the show was shot in in brooklyn new york and um it was just a great experience. I, I got to meet and work with uh, Ray Romano, and and uh, he's a, I was I'm always been a big fan of him, and yeah. uh, the, one of the nicest guys in the business. Uh, Bobby Cannavale, professional, great. Uh, it was a great experience, and I wish I only wish it it, it would have lasted into uh, into more seasons. Yeah, you were also on Kevin Can Wait, and uh, you, you bumped into a bunch of people out. You got to be good friends with a bunch of people out there too, right? Yeah, well, I'm friends with Kevin. What happened was they roasted a comedian, a famous comedian on Long Island. I'm from New York, so there's a famous comedian on Long Island named Richie Minavini. Richie yeah. is like the godfather of Long Island comedy. He was like he the is. first guy to open multiple comedy clubs as a comedian and be very friendly to other comedians. He fanned the flames on the career of Ray Romano, Kevin James, a guy named Rock Rubin, uh, who became the head writer for all of those shows. Mm -hmm. uh, through Richie, I met Kevin James. Uh -huh. And the first thing I did with Kevin James was uh, Mall Cop 2. He asked me to be in Mall Cop 2. Um, oh, I was yes, in that film. that's right. Yeah, I was in that film in 2014. And then a few years later, um, he... He was doing that show on CBS, uh, Kevin Can Wait, and he had called me. The best part about working with Kevin is I don't have to audition. He calls me when the part's right. Hey, do you want to do this? Are you available? Yes, I'll do it. And he you knows do it. You. Where everything else, you got to go through auditions and aggravation. And But uh, but I Kevin's very good to, um, to me and to a lot of comedians. Now, you've got uh, comedy specials out there, too. And right now, streaming on Amazon Prime is uh, a comedy special called What's the Worst That Could Happen? Uh, it's very funny, but I made sure to watch it all the way to the end, let all the credits roll, or you miss out, right? Yeah, with Amazon, you got to get it played 
fully through to get the full six cents. <laughs> that is crazy. It's, yeah, Boy, I know. So I always tell people, just put it on loop when you go to work and let it play all day. Um, <laughs> but actually, to be honest with you, I've, I've surprisingly done really well with like, like if you're getting like if you're getting six to ten cents for the for the fifty two minutes. Mm-hmm. And you get a check for like twenty two bucks. That means a lot of people had to watch it. <laughs> yeah, so, it, um, it it doesn't add up, but it has to add up for it to yeah. add up. So I hear I'm you. not in it. I'm in it. I'm not. In, I mean, that's special. I'm not in it for the residuals, for the money. I'm in it for the exposure and for the following. And yeah. you know what? It's been. It was released in. I, I believe we released that in twenty eighteen. Okay. Twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen, but I think it was twenty eighteen. So that one was released in twenty eighteen, and since then. It's actually built a following and, and done well. But as a comedian, and you know this, you do stand up, you you move on from from where you were. So like I, that was a different guy back then. So as much as I want people routine. to watch that, I want them to watch new stuff because I've evolved in my life and I bring my new life into my act every time. Yes. So let's do that. Let's fast forward to today. The most current burning thing is you certainly you right now have a comedy special on that new app called dry bar dry bar comedy um what is the name what's the name of your dry bar comedy special so the name of my special is just be happy and uh it's on dry bar you go to drybarcomedy.com dry bar is an app like i said you can download it to your phone you can download it to your device whatever your device is um and there is a there's a monthly fee to watch it, but by downloading the app, if you use promo code Chris Monty, right, M O N T Y Chris Monty C H R I S one word, use one that word. code. You, that that makes me get the the few the few clams, the few shekels, the the change that that dry bar will send me for people signing up because of me. But even though you sign up because of me, you watch my special, which I want you to do. You can also watch any comedian on there, and there's a thousand comedians. And Carl, there's there's tons of comedians you know that have specials on there, yeah. um, and they're very funny. I've watched, I mean, just since I got involved with Dry Bar, I must have watched about 25 specials of other comedians, and they're and they've been fantastic. And no, there are 25 minutes each, so it's an easy watch, you know. And one of the good things about Dry Bar is it's month to month. You don't sign up for the year or something. You can drop. Like you can. You can drop. Oh. You can sign up one month at a time, and then, or you can sign up. They're coming out with deals where you can do three months, six months, a year if you want. But they also have the one month. I, I don't know what the. I, I don't want to give the number. I don't know how how much it is, but yeah, um, it's not expensive. And you know what? It's twenty five minutes. Because normally when we were growing up, uh, you know, comedy special was an hour. You know, so guy had yes. an HBO special. Yeah. It's an hour, and that's fine. That's great. When you're going to sit in, you know, watch Netflix or watch Amazon Prime or or watch HBO on Saturday night with the wife, you know, you watch the hour special. But these are 25-minute specials, so maybe it takes you 25 minutes on your train ride to work. Boom. Yeah. You can plug in your phone, get your Bluetooth in your ear, and watch a special, you know? Okay, so it's Dry Bar Comedy. This Dry Bar Comedy special is called Just Be Happy, and the promo code is all one word, Chris Monty. Everyone knows how to spell Chris, M-O-N-T-Y. Thank you, sir. Yes. Now, how can people find you out there on the Internet? I mean, we've given them some leads, right? But how can people find you out on social media and stuff? What, what are your, Chris, your Twitter grams well, and Snapchat? Yeah, well, Chris Monty, ChrisMontyLive.com is my website. Um, and from my website, on my homepage of my website, has a one-click-away you know, link, picture link to uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. which Twitter is at ChrisMontyLive. 
Uh, my Instagram is Chris Monty Live, and then my um, my Facebook page is uh, Chris Monty Comedian Writer Actor. So, uh, but if you go to ChrisMontyLive.com, you not only get a quick link, one click away to go to any social media site, you mm -hmm. also get my tour dates and where you can see me at Scotty's, at Las Vegas, at Atlantic City, wherever I'm performing. All the tour dates are there, and you can click from there and go and buy tickets. Okay, so that's chrismontylive.com. Yes, okay, sir. now, Chris, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie with us at the same time as we do here in the studio. We're all going to press play at the exact same moment. So why don't you go ahead, Chris Monty, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Here we go. Three, two, one, go! That was a great segment, Carl. Gary. Gary Lyon. Yeah, well, I, I didn't come to see a lion. I came to see Wild in the Streets with Hippies. You ain't lying. <sighs> Leo. Sorry. All right, we start off with fireworks. Yeah, because Shelly Winters is getting talked into doing it by her new husband, and she doesn't want to do it, and she doesn't want to have a boy no matter what. Just please don't make it a boy. Uh-huh. That's it's what she's saying. Oh, it's a boy. There we go. Oh, wow. Flatow, Junior. Flatow. Flatow. Junior. Yeah. Oh, and what's this, 1950? I guess, Wah, yeah. Baby boom. <laughs> Their parents are like, okay, boomer. Wow. Was he watching sex? No, he, well... <clears throat> yes, it's it's once again Shelly Winters resisting Mrs. Flatow resisting Mr. Flatow, and he's she's saying <clears throat> when he grows up, I'm going to tell him how awful men are, so he won't hurt some little girl or whatever, you know, take advantage. So here's wow. Max now, maybe he's six, taking right. advantage. Oh, with his mom in the room. Here we go. Dirty, dirty boy. Yeah. Oh, oh, so these are flash. This is character building. Now here's Greg Brady. Where? Holy shit. Yeah. And it's pre Brady Bunch. And it's him, uh, you know, our hero as a kid. It's Max as a kid. Hey, he must have wore the same shirt in the Brady Bunch. Yeah. He said, Gumby, can I borrow your shirt? Gumby. Okay. <laughs> okay, That's Greg. Funny. That sounds like pokey. Oh well, all right. Let me do my pokey then. Oh so yeah. Oh, oh no, they're they're being yeah. No, you need the plastic on it. The dog's and gonna shit on her. They let the dog in the house. Oh, there's no. Shelly Winters. Mrs. Flatow is furious. That I don't like the husband. Ooh. All right. Are they leaving? Max. Ooh. Okay. Now, oh no, acid, huh? Here he is, like twenty whatever. Twenty nine. No, no, like twenty three or something. And uh, mom is very comfortable with the acid. Oh, so he's like a mama boy acid maker. I guess not a mama's boy, no. 
But I don't know. I just think it's weird that Shelly Winters, she's been freaking out this whole movie over whatever she sees. Oh, is she going to take it now? No. By the way, you, when you're making acid, it's best to wear, like, surgical gloves when you're holding the uh, <laughs> sugar cubes. <laughs> oh. You know, one of my favorite uh, Grateful Dead stories is that when they were living, like, at the beginning of the band started, they were in San Francisco with this, they were living in a place that was making acid, and that's all they breathed. They breathed? Neat, yeah, like, you know, you wake up, and you're in a house that where they, they make acid, and you can just... So uh, they're perpetually tripping? Yeah, basically. Wow. I so that's interesting. found dynamite, too. Wow, what kind of lab? Like, I didn't realize. I thought this was like a suburban home, Carl. He had like is. a bunker. The basement. My, does your basement have uh, an acid lab and also no. an explosive lab? No, and you see the dynamite? I mean, no, we don't have dynamite. And well, and my mom would not be cool with it. Well, you know, in my house, it was, it was cool with the acid, but she was not cool with the explosives. Sure, we had the acid, but acid and explosives are not really. Oh man, is he tripping? Mama, Papa, screw off me. Well, now the thing is, we don't know. It seems unprovoked. His freaking out. He's running away from home. Is essentially what he's doing, and that's how he's saying goodbye. He's going to have them come home to a wrecked up house, but it doesn't. Now look, <laughs> it's like in the front. But right. it blows up in the back. Also, man, last time I put dynamite in a car, I ran like hell. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It blew up in the back. Backseat explosive. Uh, that was... That's dad Chevy. You know, didn't you see the no exploding on Sunday sign by the yeah, curb? Right. But the thing is... Oh, oh American yeah, International Picture. The quality. thing is, like, there is no reason for him to... We didn't really see any trauma. You know, it was just like it's 1968, so kids ran away from home. You know, we didn't really have a – we don't really oh, have what? a good reason. Her, his father was sexually harassing, uh, assaulting her mother. Mother is domineering and, and smacking him. Wild in the street. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Going to make the first wild in the streets, wild in the, the sheets joke. Uh-huh. Richard Pryor. I know. And Hal Halbrook. Together at last. Oh, and Larry Bishop, that asshole. Yeah. He made a... We saw him in a movie, didn't we? He always played bikers, and then he made Hell Ride, which he directed, and Quentin Tarantino produced, and had a lot of, like, famous people. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Christopher Walken, and all that type of, like, anyone whose face looked wrinkly and bicycly. They were in it. <laughs> and I remember at the end, they all get killed, but he, no, he gets killed. Oh, Dennis Hopper's in it. He's riding a bike. Hell ride. Now, I have to tell you the ending. Okay. Yeah, Hell please. ride. He gets stabbed, but it was a fake stunt prop gun or and he, uh, knife and he walks away. Like he okay. faked his own death. Interesting. Yeah. That's oh, a exit. I, I, I'm one of those assholes who talks over the band, by the way. But my apologies to Barry Marin and Steve. Well, Gamble. go ahead and give it a listen for a second. We're really just hearing very bland stick stuff.
Yeah. I wonder, I was born that year, the movie, so I wonder if it was earlier in the year. Maybe my parents went on a date. Right? <laughs> Saw Wild in the uh, Streets. Yeah. Wilder in the Sheets. Well, Nine months later. <laughs> you were born. So, yeah. listen, they, this is, like, of the day. Like, there was that whole thing about, like, don't trust anyone over 30. That's what this whole movie's about. They just think if you're young you're great and if you're old you shouldn't be around i don't know well you know it does remind me of gas with his sssss from roger corman where the idea was that it was a hippie universe because everyone died who was over 30 and it was only young kids and there was also yeah. logan's run i guess where you die when you turn 30. right well you don't die you get rejuvenated or some crap oh right you get rejuvenated i can't wait carl yeah. Eight more years, and then I'll get rejuvenated at age 30. Now, people agree with you about gas. Wild in the Streets was released on VHS in the late 80s, and in 2005, it appeared on a DVD on Midnight Movies Disc with 1971's Gas. What a great double feature, because they both are about obsessed about age, because yeah. this movie, he becomes president before age 35. Right. Which is unconstitutional. I have, Your Honor, uh, we should in go to the Supreme movie, Court and argue this movie, movie. They amend the Constitution like that. It doesn't make sense, as if it's a vote in Congress. What's this guy's gimmick? Does he have a hook? He's got a hook. How'd you know? Uh, well, I think he fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. He's the trumpet player. Like, Whoa, how are they – what are they rolling a joint in a sandblaster? They're going to, like, sand down the wood and roll a joint? I don't think so. I think that's ticker tape because he's a rich man. No, but I think he's he's rolling a joint with ticker tape? No, it's a coincidence. He also had a joint in his hand. Those are one of those, like, roll-your-own-joint machines that never worked? Yeah, they never worked. It's like a uh, orange plastic – like yeah, uh, you get loop. This loose. Uh, that guy's fifteen, and he's like got a hundred and eighty-six IQ, and he's the financial advisor. He turned down like all these companies who wanted to hire him. He graduated college at fifteen. And this is being narrated by the guy who did the trailer. Uh, you know, it says that the narration is uncredited. I didn't write it. It did well, say a name, but I didn't write it down. In the sense of the story, where does this narration narrator comes from? Uh, in the beginning, it's just telling you. There's Richard Pryor. It's yeah. just telling you all the cast members of his entourage and giving their name, their ages. Like he's only fourteen. Oh, uh, which is not true. So one of the one of the entourage is the uh, aged woman who gets back massages. Yes. Wow, all right. And then my parents had sex, and nine months later, I was conceived. Uh-huh, conceptually. Now, this Richard Pryor is uh, the drummer, and uh, what's ironic is there's a line in this movie in which the brilliant one, who's only 15, they ask him, when, you know, when do you want to die? And he goes, 30, man. And the <laughs> thing is, in real life, he did die, like, just six days after his 30th birthday. Oh, that's... That's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. I just, it's ironic, I guess. 
Right. I, well, I did see that on That's Ironic, one of my favorite shows from the 80s with Skip Steverson and John Davidson. And yeah. Fred Williams. Uh, Fred Williams. Now, this song is all about uh, people under 30 are 53% of the country. 50%. Yeah, 53%. Have you 50. seen it before? I had the soundtrack. You know, this movie, uh, I've read about this movie a hundred million times, and I knew about this movie, and I never had an opportunity to see it. And I think it finally, yeah, it finally got on DVD and finally got on VHS. And yeah. It was like, you know, but again, like, let's say you are renting videos, video cassettes. Blockbuster's not going to carry it. <laughs> no. You would, have to, you would have to go to your Lost Weekend or Leather Tongue or, you know, uh, uh, Kim's video in New York City and get it. Yep. And then when you do, you're disappointed. You just spent like four bucks on a shitty movie for the <laughs> 60s. Now, Shelly Winters is going to see her own son has gone on to be a rock star on TV. And she's going to freak out that she's, she's going to be a celebrity and they're going to be rich. Really? They don't seem, they seem pretty nonplussed about their house. Oh, I love what she's got. Remember those things, Susan? Uh, the Thigh Master? The Thigh Master. Yeah, thank you for finishing my thought. But this is before that time. This is the Armpit Master. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really important to air out your armpits before bed. You know, when I put on Johnny Depp's perfume under my armpits, I like to air it out afterwards. You see that thing she's got around her chin? The, yeah. The, yeah, so it would be really tight. And the concept is every night you pull your chin up. <laughs> Even back then, there people were obsessed by their chin. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. We'll be on the midnight special. Right, right. Now, this guy, Barry Shear, the director, he was a TV director. This was his first film. He'd go on to make three or four more, but then he'd just go back to TV. I mean, there was critical acclaim. This thing made four times its budget, but it wasn't Which exactly is great. a blockbuster. Yeah, I thought it was great, so why? Okay. Well, also, yeah, I, I think it's a little too, like, it's satire, right? Or, like, it has a – it's very strange because when – Youth movies kind of kicked ass in the 60s, like when, yeah. like, Easy Rider, of course, but just, like, a lot of biker crap. It was movies that seemed like, you know, older people were, like, making making fun of hippies. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Generational things. So I, it's hard to tell where this comes from. Now, this, this director did Across 110th Street. Oh, I love that movie. Carl, yeah. have you seen that? Yeah. It's exploitation. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also it's classic. I hate to spoil the end. But someone gets shot in the head, and they zoom up. They zoom up to his head getting shot, and goes and freeze frame. I won't tell you who it is. Okay, Yafikoto, right at the end. <laughs> you really got into the spirit of spoiling, just like me. Yeah. I saw um, Titanic the other night with uh, Leonor Leardo with DiCaprio. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the ship sinks at the end. Spoiler. And in the middle. And in the middle, the ship's you know, actually, the, 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 does, does it start sinking towards the end? In the middle, I mean, like that's half the movie. No. Oh, uh, you mean, yeah, you mean like, okay, we've sprung a leak, we're going Yeah, we've sprung a leak, we're going down. There's yeah, no, yeah, there's yeah, no way right. we could be saved. You're right. We are sinking. 
And you know how much we're sinking? We're the fucking Titanic. We're the Titanic <laughs> of sinking. The Cadillac of sinking. Oh, they're going to go see their son perform well, at the yeah, Troubadour? Yeah, husband is reluctantly going along because she's very enthusiastic about it. Is he looking for a t-shirt like a wife beater? Um, listen, why do you think, I mean, you use the term sexually assaulting. Didn't, like, didn't you say, like, he, he, she didn't want to have sex and he was like, uh, he was kind but, of going. Yes, but you see, the whole thing of that was Shelly Winters is a cuckoo bird. That was the whole thing. The, oh, I got you. wife is neurotic and they just got married. Okay. I mean, it's their honeymoon. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. If you do it, it's on your honeymoon. Okay, so this guy's running for Congress. Now, you can see uh, he's Senator Fergus. It's Hal Holbrook. Um, who looks? Who actually looks like Hal Holbrook, where everyone else looks like young Richard Pryor. And, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he looks does. pretty young. He was in uh, Wall Street. He was in The Firm. He was deep throat in All the President's Men. Dude, he was like evil cop in Dirty Harry, uh, yeah. one of the Dirty Harrys. He's like, hey, Dirty Harry, man, your fascism stuff rocks. Do you want to, me and my boys want, right? Wasn't that the one he like had killer cops, motorcycle well, cops? I remember that one, and I saw, I think it was called Sudden Impact or some bullshit. Yeah, right, with Ty and, Daly. But I think that he wasn't the guy who was like, I think it was a younger uh, put, uh, motorcycle cop who was trying to get Clint Eastwood in, to join. Yeah. Was Hal Halbrook like a pal, like a no, com he was comrade? probably the like commissioner, right? Damn it, Harry, you're dirty, you're, you're dirty, dirty. Harry. you're so dirty. That's your nickname. This is when they say, When do you want to die? 30. Uh oh, wait, and he and where's the drummer? The drummer's Richard Pryor. Oh, gotcha. Oh man, that's nothing like a good massage to just kill the energy of the show. Yeah, and look how he's okay. So Shelly Winters is like, I'm his mother. I'm his mother. Back up, back up. I'm his mother. Speaking of back up, this is great camera work. <laughs> well, the director's trying to give us a crazy crowd. Right, but look, they're just outside the tickets. It's not that crazy. Ticket booth. We don't take cash. What the fuck? Oh, they like, have cash. We are totally sold out. And, the, and he's like, you might not like a Max Frost concert, ma'am. Oh, he took the money and run? Oh, no, he got the tickets. Kelly Winters. She was, uh, she played Polly Shore's mom in uh, one of the Polly Shore movies. Jury Duty. His dad was uh, Charles Napier. I don't know why I didn't pick that up in my... Uh... Research. My biggest one I like on her is Lolita. Um, yeah, she was really good in Lolita. I was introduced to her in the Poseidon Adventure. Now, for the Poseidon Adventure, she gained a lot of weight for the role. Well, she was never able to take it off. That's the weight she stayed at. She just did it for the role. Huh. Um, she was the grandmother on Roseanne's sitcom. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Alfie... Uh, a place in the sun. Wait, Alfie what, and Frank. <clears throat> what's that all about? Alfie. Alfie. Is it just for the moment we live? She won an Oscar. 
We know her. We saw her in uh, A House Is Not a Home. Yeah, A House Is Not a Home, where she was a uh, a call uh, madam. I can, madam, I can never get it when I try to describe the description. I think I'm just embarrassed. I go there. It's a girl something. pimp. Uh huh. <laughs> girl pimp. Well, I would hope the music have. Well, I would have to listen to the whole song. But. Well, you know, every song is a plot point. Um, every song, like we're the fifty-three percent, and later it'll be like fourteen or fight. He wants to lower the voting age to fourteen, and uh, so they got in, and we're just seeing the father uncomfortable and the mother overexcited. There's Hook. Oh yeah, so he's for real, the Hook. You know, he's playing guitar with his Hook. Hey, that doesn't make sense. He's supposed to be the horn person. Well, there's a horn person right there. Yeah, that's supposed to be Hook. I saw the Hook strumming the bass. You could do that, right? Yes, yes. Oh, she's remembering the beginning of the movie. Look at her bad acting. and She's was... trying to shake it off. Someone asked her, I loved you in Partridge Family. <laughs> oh, damn it. Greg Brady, did you see Greg Brady for two seconds? Yeah. He like tripping again? Flashback. He was never tripping before. She was delusional. She didn't believe her son was doing acid and she didn't believe it was dynamite. You have a vivid imagination. Just the director, you know, the writer is just trying to make her out as like a delusional person. Now, this was um, a magazine article. Um, it, okay, it's called The Day It All Happened, Baby, by this guy named Robert Thom. <laughs> it was a magazine article, and people loved it. So he expanded it into a book. Um, right. I am familiar with the book. And that's how this got born. And, and Robert Thom wrote the screenplay for this, which is only fitting. It's not a very good premise. I don't know. The premise is interesting, but the movie itself, I don't know. Well, the premise is that, you you oh. know, a rock star becomes a president, and then he does some pretty bad things. You'll see. Right. Oh, yeah. Are you trying to spoil this movie? Should I spoil it? What are you doing? All right, I won't do it. Hey, this is a uh, – you going up and down a uh, uh, staircase? Up the down staircase. Where's my husband? Right, he's still lost. He's still in Madison Square Garden. Troubadour. Nice close shot again. Like the camera's right in front of them. Pretty yeah, cool. Well, because they're doing that crowded crowd thing again. But it's, the thing I remember about this movie is they're like the kids revolt in the street. So there's probably going to be more of these shots. Well, no. We're gonna no. see, yeah. We're no. We're gonna see stock footage, which you don't like. Stock footage of protests. I don't like. Well, you know, I recently saw a Purge movie, and they they blacked out, uh, they digitized the faces uh -huh. of uh, the actual archival footage of rioting. So that way, like you can see it in the context that it's the film is trying to push, but it's they're not the actual people are not being represented as fictional characters. You know what I mean, like. It acknowledges that these are real people, and right. that it, they should be in the context of what they were doing, and not 
repurpose no. for the purge? Well, I think you're trying to protect their privacy. Look what a Los Angeles street that is with the black tar covering the cracks. I love it. Nice car, too. Now, look, a terrible crash happens, and there's a little boy. Whoa. Dead. Dead what? little boy. Oh, my God. They're okay. All the scuff marks. Yeah, because uh, Shelly Winters crashed into the little boy. So Max Frost is like, get her a lawyer and get her out of here. I never want to see you again. You know, uh, if this was uh, Fast and the Furious, they would have missed the little boy. Just missed him, yeah. Just missed him. They'll be like flipping around and the kid would be ducking. Or he, or he would take his thumb off. Thumb that somewhere in in Pasadena, there's a kid sleeping without his thumb tonight because of what you did. <laughs> That's going to be like two hours into the movie. You're like, whoa, only 45 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so his mom killed a kid. Yeah. And so the son, the same day she showed up, you know, 20 minutes later, kicked out of uh, his life. Okay, so... <clears throat> Every time I see this scene, I just watch the girl. She's a kid, and she's having the experience. You know, you can see it in her eyes. You see when she smiles. You see what she looks at that she thinks, you know, she's she's soaking it all in. Wow. So but, is this a what is this kid going to be, like, part of the movie, or is she yeah. going to get hit by a, a, yeah. a car? No. She, she's, she's not going to be hit by a car. What about a bus? Will, no, she get, she will be she literally be thrown under a bus by her father? No. Why, Senator, why did you fly to Cancun when there was no power during the, the snowstorm? Uh, well, my daughter wanted to go, and, oop, there's the bus. Dad, you threw me under the bus. <laughs> Look at her cute little hat. He's like, oh, I love you, famous rock star. Uh, I am today's youth, and uh, I'm. Is, there, is this the family? It's Senator Albright. Okay, he's running for senator, and Max Frost has agreed to play at his his rally. Now, all, the candidate Albright, Fergus, Fergus, candidate Fergus, his whole platform is. We're sending kids to Vietnam to die for their country at 18. They should have the right to vote. And this was a real thing back in the day. It was two things. This was the drinking age should be lowered to 18, and the Lord. voting age should be lowered to 18. Wait a minute. So the, the drinking age was 21, yeah. and then before I turned 18, it was 18. And then before I turned 18, it became 21 again. Well, it became 18 back in the 60s. Yeah. Well, this is 68. All I remember is we, we grew up in the tri-state area. We were in New Jersey, but, uh, you know, you would try to go to New York or whatever. But uh, And if it was 18 in New York, you can go to the clubs or what have you. But it raises to 21, I believe, like when I was just about to turn 18. Tom Kroll once had this fake ID, and it fucking worked. So we were both <laughs> in the bar, and he had a drink, and I wasn't uh -huh. allowed. And so he's like, here, you can have a sip. And then the waitress was like, hey. You know, she was, like, taking it seriously. Like, she was, you know, alcohol, right. alcohol, tobacco, and firearm, ATF agent. Like, a second ago, they're like, yeah, come on in, kid. 
Okay, so now Max Frost is like, this guy's running for senator. I dig it. And this guy wants us to lower the voting age to 18. I dig it. But you know what? Fuck that. That's fucking bullshit. It should be what? 14. And so Fergus will be behind stage going, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, he's fucking up the thing. I just asked you to come play a song, you did. Sorry, man. I went rogue. I went rogue. I just I was in the moment. And uh, next thing you know it, I made the voting age 14. But now he's oh. going to do a whole. They're saying, you know, my tax account is fifteen. Now they're going to do the song called "14 or Fight." Fourteen. Wow! Or fight. They wrote that song just in time to fight. do this surprise announcement. Yes. Yeah. He goes. Well, I've been working on a tune all day. I don't know if I know all the words. Gonna play it for you now. Yay! Thank you, Max. Yay! Frost. Thank oh, you for uh, doing fight. a rally with a half-finished song. Half-finished song. <laughs> That's barely amazing. rehearsed. You know who did something like that once? Uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Band, Club Band album came out. Uh-huh. Jimi Hendrix bought it on the way to his concert with the experience. He got there. He put it on a record player in the back, and they all listened to it. And then they went out and did Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and Paul McCartney was in the audience. I think it was Paul and George or Paul and Ringo. They were in the audience. How strange. Yeah. They must have known they were in the audience. Wow, that must have been cool. I'm sure that he knew. Yeah, at the beginning, he's like, cover your ears, cover your ears. This is going to be fucking loud. Cover your ears. <laughs> he goes, it was 20 years ago today. It was Jimi Hendrix, you know. Right. the band to play. But that's like Taylor Swift getting Adele's album and be like, yeah, hey, guys, I just heard this. Well, I know you paid to hear me, but. Every now and again, you'll see. Um, um, wait, his name is Stanley X. You'll see Richard Pryor on the drums and he uh -huh. knows how to play them. Like he's holding the drumstick in the like old traditional way, in which is pointed towards you. You're like holding it in your palm. You know, I guess so. Yeah. Nowadays, people just hold it like you got two clubs. But back in the days, it was one clubbed hand and the other was pointed towards you. Next time you see Pryor, watch his fingers. Okay. There, there, in... there he is to the right. He's holding yeah. like a chopstick or something. Yeah, you're right. He knows how to play. Something's interesting about drumming. I didn't know this. Mm -hmm. Is drumming that interesting? Uh, it snared me. You were in stairs. Oh, hey, Carl, I have one answer to that joke. Footage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, this movie convinced me I'm going to become a, a drummer. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <clears throat> I finally get the respect I've always wanted. Now, I really didn't do research on Richard Pryor because we all know him so well. I, right. I pulled out all of his movies. And I saw uh, Live on Sunset Strip at the Wellmont. Uncle yeah, New Jersey. That sounds right. Yeah, I omitted all his comedy uh, uh, movies because that doesn't count. I can mean, we, I can we just say what what of like him and maybe Margaret Cho are probably the two comedians that had genuinely theatrically released concert comedy films? You know, like well, like I, multiple ones. Like uh, no, but Eddie Murphy would go on to follow in the footsteps. Yeah, of, but was Raw was not 
they were cable specials and video cassettes. I'm talking about being released in the movie house. Like uh, it wasn't the Eddie Murphy ones were not. I, I think maybe Raw was. I think Raw because it was might have been. But it would have never happened, was it not for Richard Pryor? No, absolutely, absolutely. Because Pryor's done like at least five live, you know, live yeah. in concert to mm-hmm. Sunset Strip. There was a couple, few more in the middle. Yeah, unfortunately, now I'm regretting uh, omitting. I just, I just wanted to acknowledge it. You know, I mean, like, and I think the the first one is on was on Netflix last time I watched it. Mm-hmm. So, which is great. It's like holy shit. Look, I'm staring at like forty something movies here. I mean, yeah, they weren't all crap, you know. I mean, Harlem Nights with Eddie Murphy. Oh, he was great in that, and then he probably, you know, custom made that movie for him, among others. Among others, because there were a lot of those uh, stars. They were like um, the uh, Harlem gangsters. He was in the Toy Superman Three, Brewster's Millions. He was in good films. Third Crazy, Bustin' Loose. Third Crazy, Bustin' Loose. Uh, the Toy is one of the worst films, but uh, you do think so? I think it's great. Moving where he has to move this, he sends so uh, fun. Superman three. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Good. You don't right. think so? Oh, uh, it still has my favorite line, which is Clark are eating uh, dog food. <laughs> <laughs> he was good at that. He was, of course, he was good at that. He was great at Brewster's Millions with John. It's Candy. unknown. It's unknown. There's an unknown element in the Kryptonite. I don't know it. It's unknown. How about Tar? Right, it's Tar. Because he was smoking cigarettes. He was in Silver Streak. He was in Car Wash, which was more of a cameo. He was the Wiz in The Wiz with Michael Jackson. Yeah. Uh, he had a TV show, the Richard Pryor show, where he wore like a, uh, a nude bodysuit. Oh, well, actually, he shows up on the set of this film naked. And Shelly Winters freaked out. It was like a practical joke. Well, the concert was over, but the politician wasn't happy. Now, I'm not Ed happy. Bagley. Ed Bagley. Oh, I Ed Bagley know this guy. He looks vaguely familiar. Well, he was uh, he was all over TV and movie. Okay, let's see here. Senator Albright. We know him from Ed Bagley Jr. That's how we. Yeah, know. that's how we know him. Yeah, I, I knew uh, he looked. Twelve Bagley. Angry Men, uh, the unsinkable Molly Brown. You know, like CBS sitcoms. He was on Rod Sterling's Pattern Show. He was all over. Wait, what's movie. Rod Sterling's Pattern Show? I never even heard. I of don't that. know. I don't know. Patterns plural. Oh, do you think it's like another like teleplay? This week, socialism is cool. Read by Rod <laughs> Sterling, nineteen fifty-seven. He was in the Virginian, Bonanza, Dick Van Dyke, Wild Wild West. My three I still, I still, bag- I still vaguely remember him, Carl. Well, uh, right now he's playing Senator Albright, and he's like, fuck this. You want to be senator? You can't back these monkeys. You can't lower the age to 14. I was trying to make a joke. He, he, I can't Ed Bagley Sr. vaguely recognize him. I, he's very, he I he looks vaguely familiar. Yeah. All right. There you go. Kids, please no uh, vinyl. Well, uh, they're playing Max Frost, and that's pissing off Senator oh. Albright downstairs. 
Do you think I should vote it? Do you think I should have the right to vote, Mom? Answer the question, Mom. So if if they lowered the age to 14 for the voting, who would become president? I, I this guy, I guess, the, the rock star, I guess, in this movie. Well, yeah, in this movie, it will be the rock star. Ah, hello. Live from Hollywood, California, uh, Florida. Uh, well, it, now they're going That's to Los Angeles. Like the the Ferguson campaign will now meet with Max Frost. You see, what Max Frost did at the end of his thing, he said, this Saturday night, I want you to come out to 